Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support for today's episode comes from Manscaped. Uh, Rain, you're a hairy guy. I'm a hairy guy. Yeah. You're two hairy men. We need some pruning, Reza. We most definitely need some pruning. Some of us more than others. Manscaped is the right tool for that. It'll get the job done quickly, safely, and hygienically. So here's what you want to do. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code MILKSHAKE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. Yeah. And free shipping. Manscaped.com. Use the code MILKSHAKE. It's dad bod season, Reza. Time to get smooth. Welcome to Metaphysical Milkshake, the show where we go deep, we get weird, and we search for the meaning of life along the way. Presented by Cast Media and Soul Panel. Hey, Metaphysical Milkshakers. It's me, Rain Wilson. <laughs> and I'm Reza Aslan. I am your, your partner in metaphysical crime. That you are. And, you know, we have an incredible opportunity right here in front of us. We are getting an amazing second season launch to Metaphysical Milkshake. It's kind of a reboot. It's kind of a reinvention of what we're doing, how we're doing. Yeah. Reboots are all the rage now, right? They're like, they're, it's like it's like they rebooted Saved by the Bell. Like how many Spider-Mans have they done? <laughs> how many Spider-Mans? I, I can't keep it's track. Time. What happened to Tobey Maguire? <laughs> Let's reboot Metaphysical Milkshake. Why not? This is exciting. This is actually really exciting. We have a, a new partner in cast media. It's very exciting. And we've got an, a video component. Hello. Look, we've got a camera. Yes. Yes. Which I've obviously dressed for. Yes. You you uh, look amazing. You know what's great about the video component of this version, this iteration of Metaphysical Milkshake, is that you can see our pandemic weight. That That can, is true. You can actually experience it. But I've I've had pandemic weight for like eight years. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, could just blame so. the pandemic for it. So listen, Reza and listeners, we thought that this episode would be a little kind of introduction or reintroduction into metaphysical milkshake what we're doing on the show, why we're doing the show, and why we're here. Isn't that right? Yeah, you know, the the every time we talk about this podcast, every time, you know, we're on getting interviewed on TV or on the radio or whatever, what's the first thing everybody asks us? Well, they are like, this is an unlikely duo. How did yeah. you guys meet each other? How did, you know, this famed uh, religious scholar, uh, provocateur, raconteur, <laughs> best New York Times bestselling author, TV personality, Reza Aslan, meet the um, kind of has-been unemployed former <laughs> sitcom actor, Rain Wilson. But I will say, in all seriousness, um, Reza and I met um, when I got to read his magnificent uh, book, uh, Zealot, and uh, we met through some mutual friends, and 
I was just struck immediately by here is a fellow journeyer on the pathway of life, on the pathway of life's big questions. Reza loves, you know, everything from science to theology, everything from philosophy to, uh, you know, sapiens uh, by Noah Hariri. Um, you know, all of the life's biggest possible questions. Reza has an incredibly sharp mind and quick wit and uh, a facile, deep knowledge on these topics. I'm speaking about you. I've shifted into the third person. I'm going to come back to the, <laughs> I'm going to come back to the second person and say, I was really excited one time when we had breakfast together and we're like, let's have, let's continue this conversation that we're having about the meaning of life and the universe and just do it in podcast form. Yeah. And listen, people who know you know this about you, but like your legions of fans around the world think of you as an actor and, you know, a, a, a comedic presence on, on television. Instagram model and influencer. And absolutely. Yes. I've seen you in your boxers. Uh, really, really hot stuff. I think what a lot of people don't know about you is that you are a deeply spiritual, deeply philosophical guy that you have been for a very, very long time. You're a, a devout uh, Baha'i. Um, and, and that you know, when you're not acting, like these are the things that you're doing. You're reading and talking about yeah. these big existential questions. So you and I, like we clicked right away. Yes, that is true, Reza. And in fact, the originating impulse for starting the uh, digital media company, Soul Pancake, uh, that I founded was to dig into life's biggest questions. This is something that I've always loved my entire life. I was the I was the nerdy kid at the like Dungeons and Dragons sleepover who would be like in the middle of the game like or as we're getting ready in our sleeping bags to turn off the lights like, "Hey guys, what do you think happens when we die?" Yeah. You know, I I can see you doing that right now. Yeah, and you know, I grew up a member of the Baha'i faith, so my family was always um, open to and exploring other religious traditions, but not just religion, uh, philosophies. And, you know, looking at sociological studies and psychology and um, some of those books, Man's Search for Meaning, Drama of the Gifted Child. These are uh, books that, you know, really shaped the course of my life and and ultimately created the company that is co-producing this podcast. But Reza, what is... What's the origin of your interest in life's big questions? Yeah, I mean it's it's a very it's similar. Yeah, it was like folklore and mythology and fantasy, um, sci-fi. Those were the things that got me really excited about kind of the big questions of the world. And then, um, you know, I kind of was able to focus that attention both personally on a spiritual level uh, and you know academically and on a professional level um, in religion. And the thing that kind of animates me most, the reason that I study religion um, is because it's about sort of who we are as human beings, like how we understand ourselves um, in the world, right? Uh, the thing I never get tired of saying is that religion isn't about the things that you believe or the things that you do. It's about who you are, right? It's a matter of identity much more than it is a matter of beliefs or practices. And and so that really kind of allowed me to, to talk about the things that I want to talk about, which is politics or mythology or history or anthropology, all under the guise of kind of, you know, the larger study of religion. So 
I remember those late night conversations that I used to have in college where we would all sit around and and think really deep thoughts. And then what happens? <laughs> right? You leave college, you get a job, you get married. You're paying rent. You, you pay rent, you're having kids. And then it's like the deepest thought you have is like, you know, should I, what, what day should I put the garbage out to make sure I don't miss the garbage? That's like deep as it gets. So for me, I mean, I'll be honest, there's, I have a selfish reason for wanting to do this podcast because this podcast allows me to kind of go back to those days where I used to sit around thinking deep thoughts, you know? Uh, and and I get to talk to like the all these incredible experts, these geniuses that for some reason agree to come on our podcast. Isn't it nuts? It's weird, right? Who are, who are some of these people? I mean, obviously, uh, Malcolm Gladwell... Uh, Adam Grant, Elizabeth Colbert. Uh, we just spoke with the brilliant Naomi Klein. My assumption is that they're all just office fans. Getting back to the uh, life's big questions thing, I'll get personal for a minute. Like, and I've talked about this a lot. Like, I have struggled and do struggle um, a lot with mental health issues. I've had depression issues, anxiety issues, addiction issues that have been kind of front and center in my life from my 20s onwards. And to me, life's big questions about like, why are we alive? Who are we? Why are we here? What is love? Do we have free will? These, these are central questions, like you said earlier, like to just being a human being. And there, there are books and thoughts and ideas and writings and philosophers and treatises uh, and concepts that they're not, they don't just live in the realm of the intellectual. And that, and I think this is really important for people to understand about this podcast. This is not like a podcast that's an addendum to your philosophy 101 <laughs> class in college. This is, this is like, how do these big ideas relate to our lives? How do they make our lives better? Can they become a kind of a compass for us that we can kind of set our North Star by the importance of some of these big ideas can it can it give us meaning can it can it can it can it provide a kind of a a wind in our sails and and move us forward because i i do believe that there is a reason why these questions have been haunting humanity since the dawn of time and you know it's 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 relevant it can be seen in early cave paintings and the earliest, you know, the Vedas and Upanishads, the earliest writings, you know, the Torah, the onto the the Greek philosophers and the and the Roman philosophers to the to the cafes and coffee shops of uh, the Enlightenment Europe. Um, these this is the eternal human struggle, you know, who am I? Why am I here? What's my purpose? And and everything that reverberates out from some of those central questions. So to me, it's like, I need this stuff. It's food for me. But no, I, I think you're right. And I think that that's that. I mean, certainly, you know, we have been going around asking people to to kind of send in to us their their big questions about life. And and, you know, you look at these questions and they're they're all so universal. Right, that these are obviously, you know, we're going to be talking about things that you and I are interested in. But it, it's clear that that thirst that we have for a deeper meaning to life, that that desire that we have to ask 
questions that may not even have answers, but to just revel in the question themselves. These are universal impulses. They're, they're sort of ways that all of us as human beings strive to know who we are and what our role is in, in this world. And so they're fun questions. They really are. And we have fun with them. I mean, that's, I think, what, one thing that's important is that we take these questions very seriously. We just don't take ourselves very seriously. So well we have put. a Well put. <laughs> you know, but, you know, we're on the same journey as you are, dear listener. We We are not coming to these questions from a place of you know, expertise or specialized knowledge. That's why we have these amazing guests to come on and, you know, help us make sense of some of these life's big questions. But, you know, we, we just want you to come on the journey with us. And another thing that bears noting um, is that we live in really angry, divided, disunited times. I've noticed. And as you said, there's a universality to these questions. And so... These discussions, I hope, will resonate with everyone across whatever political spectrum or social class or educational level or race or gender or, or whatnot, because they are universally human. Like, where does memory live? What happens when we die? Do we have a soulmate? These are questions that people in Mongolia and the Philippines and Bulgaria and Bolivia are asking. And... Uh, it doesn't matter your age or your education level. So, you know, in anticipation for this kind of first show of the relaunch of Metaphysical Milkshake, <laughs> thank you, we asked some of our listeners, some of our social media followers, what their life's big question yeah. is. Yes. Uh, and we thought that maybe it'd be fun for this first episode, instead of having some genius come and help us make sense of the world, that we would play the role of the genius and uh, and we'd answer some of your big questions. Now, and we get to hear their actual voices and these people? I, 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 this is high-tech stuff here. Wow. Right? We're not messing cool. around. I We're like this. We're going to actually hear these people okay. ask these questions, and then we will do our best yeah. to answer them. Good, All right. good. Hi. I was wondering, we always talk about the Big Bang Theory and how the universe started and, and on a religious and scientific level, but what was there before the Big Bang? Okay, <laughs> that's a good start. <laughs> and if to even go on a religious side of it, if God created the universe, what was God doing before the universe was created? What was there? Well, good follow up. Yeah, Jesus, I was kind of hoping for something, uh, you know, to start a little bit easier. Hey, listeners, uh, this podcast has some really lovely sponsors, none lovelier than BetterHelp. Is there something that's maybe interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your personal goals? You know, I will say, Reza, I talk about my therapist all the time. Therapy has been really helpful and important to me. Yeah, but it's hard to find a therapist, right? I mean, it's it's not easy. So BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors. If you need to, you can start living a happier life today. 
visit their website and just read some of the testimonials. So visit betterhelp.com slash milkshake. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Special offer for Metaphysical Milkshake listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash milkshake. Uh, Metaphysical Milkshake is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Uh, listen, usually the way that this works in the podcast world is that like a, an, a sponsor sends you some stuff so that you can try it out and then you can talk about it. And, you know, whatever they send you, we're going to say is great. Right, Rain? We're not going to say sure. that it sucks. They sent me some boxes of Magic Spoon cereal. Uh, it lasted maybe like 24 hours in my household. It's like delicious. Gobbled. It is so good. I mean, I miss cereal. Don't you miss cereal? I miss cereal in this low-carb world we're supposed to live in. It's got zero grams of sugar, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four net grams of carbs in each serving. It's only 140 calories per serving. Keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carb, and GMO-free. It tastes exactly like regular cereal from your childhood, but it's super nutritious. So go to magicspoon.com slash milkshake to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code MILKSHAKE. Easy to remember. At checkout to save $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's back with a 100% happiness guarantee. That, that means if you don't like it for any reason, They'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt-free cereal at magicspoon.com slash milkshake. Use that code milkshake and get $5 off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for helping us bring this episode to life. And please send me more cereal. I'm going to let you handle this one. You take yeah. you take the lead here. What, <laughs> what was there before the Big Bang? Because they they can actually figure out how long, how old. It's about 6 billion years or something like that when the when the Big Bang happened. Is it? Check that. I think it's more like 14 billion. Wow, man. Right? This is why we okay. have experts okay. instead of us. You're right. It's 14 billion. God. Yes. Oh, man. Okay. 14 billion years ago. Well, look, she brought up uh, both the, the religious and the scientific answers to this. And I think what she probably assumes, what a lot of people probably assume, is that religion and science have two radically different answers to this question. But what's really crazy is that they, they kind of don't. I mean, when it comes to religion, I would say that there's kind of two broad answers to what was before the Big Bang. Uh, the kind of quote-unquote Western religious traditions uh, have this idea, uh, you know, that uh, in, in, uh, in Greek uh, we say ex nihilo, right? Out of nothing. That what was before the Big Bang? Nothing. There was nothing before the Big Bang uh, except God's divine presence and then out of God's sort of conscious will be, God says in, in uh, Genesis, be, he commands. Uh, suddenly, there is existence. But, you know, the Eastern religions... They don't necessarily have this kind of beginning and end linear conception of time and creation, right? I'm being a little bit simplistic here, but uh, for many Eastern religions, time is a cycle. So the Big Bang was just the beginning of the next cycle. And so creation and destruction just go on and on and on forever. And here's the crazy thing is that 
if you sort of took the scientific explanations for like, quote unquote, what was behind the Big Bang, they have the same answer. Yeah. <laughs> On the one hand, there are those who say, well, nothing was before the Big Bang. The question itself is nonsensical because there's no such thing as before until the Big Bang. What we call time is a construct that starts the second the universe begins, the millisecond that universe begins. So you can't use the word before if there's no such thing as time. So the question itself is moot. Nothing existed before the Big Bang. But now, as you and I know, we've had this conversation with a couple of guests actually on this podcast. Now, the sort of more dominant theory is, well, it was just another Big Bang. That it's just Big Bang after Big Bang, it's expansion and collapse and expansion and collapse. And I also know that one of your favorite theories of all time, string theory. <laughs> I, do, I have a bias <laughs> against string theory. This is something that the listeners will come to learn about. But me. there is this incredible synergy between string theory and ancient religious traditions, especially in the Hindu kind of mythology of the god. Isn't there a god riding on the back of a turtle and it blinks his eyes and every time there's a, a new world is created? But in string theory, too, there are parallel universes that happen in every millisecond. So, um, it's think about light refracting through a crystal. So there isn't this one place, there's a big empty space, and then there's a boom, and then there's a bunch of stuff expanding. But that with that boom, there's infinite numbers of universes expanding. And with every decision, every choice, there's another infinite universes springing out for that. So there really is no before because there, there is simply a parallel world in which right now I'm gesturing with my right hand. There's a parallel world in which I said this sentence and gestured with my left. And it keeps splitting and splitting and splitting and splitting. And there's something kind of beautifully cosmic about that from both a scientific standpoint and a religious one. And I just want to say, too, that, you know, I know that we're of the same mind, that science and religion work together. They work hand in hand in tandem. This isn't a science versus religion kind of conversation. It's kind of like there is one reality and religion explains it one way and science explains it a different way and they they work together, right? Absolutely. The one thing, dear listener, that you are going to find out about Rain and I pretty pretty quickly is that uh, we do not accept this whole dichotomy of like science and religion are opposing forces that are always at odds with each other. In fact, we have a number of guests coming up uh, who talk precisely about the intersection of science and religion, what can truly be known uh, about the universe through our scientific uh, knowledge and how that so often matches what the great religious mystics, you know, of the past have been saying all along. Uh, we do talk about string theory and the multiverse with a with a guest like Matt O'Dowd, host of PBS uh, Space Time. That was a good one. That was a great one. Let's go to the next question. Yes, my name is Aiden, and I have a very serious question. Um, it's one of my life's biggest questions. Why can men not produce milk, but women and female animals can? Wouldn't it make sense that men could also produce milk in the event that the mother animal or human dies and cannot feed the child? 
or baby animals? That's my uh, my question that I've always wondered. So if you could help I mean, me out with got that, a point. I would really appreciate That's it. That's a very good point. Thank you, Aiden. We're going to help you out with that. I mean, if you think about it, like evolutionarily, it doesn't make sense. He's right. Like if the, if like the mother dies, then the baby dies too. So like evolutionarily Yeah, but speaking, just look at animals. Like there's got to be a maternal animal and then a, a an animal that does the hunting. Like, oh, I, this one does the nursing. This one does the hunting. I mean, it's for cats. It's for birds. It's for fish. It's, it's for, it's all those animals. I don't know much about animals, but I imagine it's that. Are, are, there, are there any animal species where the males lactate too? Well, men can lactate. Actually, that is a thing. That it, like actually, human men can lactate. So, can you demonstrate not, that right now? Yes, just give me one moment. It, it requires a little bit of squeezing. Okay. Okay. This is all the more reason why you should definitely all right, subscribe. Okay. Oh, I just threw up in my mouth. Listen, Aiden, I'm going to ask someone that question. Someone smarter than me, and and then we will come back to you. We'll get back to you. <laughs> we'll get yes. back to you on that one. Next. Why do we have to die? And is there any proof that there is life after death? Oh, that's a good one. Look, I'm going to be honest. I thought I thought these I thought some of these questions were going to be sort of lighthearted and jokey. <laughs> it's like, what was before the Big Bang? Why do we have to die? Yeah. Okay, let's do this. I've never let's... heard that question phrased quite that way. Like, like why that. do we have why to do die? We have to die. So, yeah. you know, one of the very popular questions, like, if if there is a God, then why is there so much suffering? And then, so for me, I always go to, well, what would it be like um, if there were a God creating a universe in which there were no suffering? What would that be like? Like, you're born and there's no pain going through the birth canal, right? You just, you appear and you never stub your toe and you never get sick and nothing bad ever happened. Like that's a weird universe. That's a way weirder universe to me than one that abides by physical laws. But so why do we have to die? I, I guess, you know, from from my point of view, I'm just answer it from my point of view. Everyone's gonna have a different one. Um, we have to die because we were born. And it's part of this cycle of life that Reza referred to previously in terms of, you know, the Eastern religions that it's, it's a wheel turning around. So why does the baby in the womb have to die to the womb? Well, because it's moving on to its next phase, um, its next plane of existence, which is womb to world. Why do we have to die? We die in this world because we're going on to some other plane of existence. Who knows what that is? And by the way, this isn't some kind of like airy-fairy, like just religion kind of talk. You know, the, the mass of the universe is dark matter. What if when we die, we go live in the dark matter universe, you know, or one of these parallel universes that the string theorists are always talking about? So why we have to die is because it's part of the cycle of life. And is there any proof of life after death? Well, you know, there is, and it's something we've been wanting to do on the show, was to get uh, someone who studies these near-death experiences. Because when you read them, um, from every culture in the world, they align incredibly. There is a, you know, a, a feeling of great love, going some, down some kind of tunnel of light, greeted by loved ones, kind of taking stock of your life, and then having some kind of choice of coming back. There are universals there that are chilling and have been experienced by hundreds of thousands of people. Now, is that proof 
no, I don't think it really works. So I don't think there's proof of God. I don't think there's proof of life after death. But uh, I think it's a super interesting conversation, and I hope we can get to it on a future episode of Metaphysical Milkshake. Dude, somebody write that down. Let's do that. Let's do that one. I definitely believe uh, in quote unquote life after death. Um, I don't believe in heaven and hell or something like that. I don't even really believe in a bodily resurrection, honestly. Um, and I and like we've the theme so far. I believe it both on a spiritual level and on a scientific level. I mean, on a scientific level, I mean, we know as kind of you you'd mentioned the the first principle, right? The first law uh, is uh, the conservation of matter and energy, meaning that everything that exists now has always existed and will always exist as long as the universe exists. That means the things that make up you, Rain, the things that make up me are eternal. That's not, again, that's not religion. That's science, right? That the matter and energy that make me is eternal, has always existed, will always exist. So the question is, is, is consciousness part of matter and energy or not? The question isn't, you know, will this matter continue to exist? Because it will, that's a fact. The question yeah, is, will, the, will my consciousness as it exists now, the matter and energy that leads me to know that I am me, will that exist? Uh, I I I want to think so. Uh, yeah, I want to I want to to feel that that is the case, right? I I do believe that that there is something eternal about who I am, and that that thing will continue long after this this body dies. But look, this is this is the first question of humanity, right? The very very first question. It's the question that led to all of our religions, all of our mythologies, uh, you know, our creation of our civilization as we know it. Uh, you know, we are obsessed with death. And dear listener, death is a is a subject that we will talk about a lot this season. A lot. In your opinion, are extraterrestrials visiting our planet? And if so, are they benevolent or malevolent? I'd like to know your opinion. Thanks. Oh, I love this. Okay. Yeah. For those of you who might have heard me on my other comedic, fictitious podcast, uh, <laughs> Dark Air with Terry Carnation. My favorite podcast. Thank you, Reza. We get into this one a lot. But yes, so there has been zero proof of malevolence from any alien contact or unidentified flying objects. So one must presuppose benevolence. But here's my question. I have two big questions about human and potential alien interaction. One is, if they're so advanced, why do their why do we see their ships everywhere? And they're all different shapes. Why why don't they hide better? Couldn't the alien if they wanted to just monitor the human race, why are they flying around Cuba and Mount Shasta? Like, why can't they just <laughs> hide on the dark side of the moon and just have some super binoculars that get to watch us mm. and listen to our podcasts and our television shows like The Office and, and learn about human beings that way. It's just so strange to me that if they had this <laughs> incredibly advanced technology that, you know, ships that can stop and go on a dime, that they would just be flying around, you know, Baltimore and Chile. So, and the other question is, 
for the, in terms of the alien abduction, what is this fascination that aliens have with the human anus? Hey, look, it's the one thing that aliens and I have in common is that we both love butts. I like human butts and I cannot lie. <laughs> I absolutely believe that uh, extraterrestrials have maybe not visited, but at least monitored our planet. And by the way, this isn't just like me talking here. This is our future guest on this season of Metaphysical Milkshake, A.V. Loeb, who is a, you know, Harvard professor and astrophysicist. And she says very clearly, yes, we have unquestionably been visited by extraterrestrials. So if they had a malevolent intent, yeah, we probably would have noticed by now. So that's actually a good point. So then that means that maybe they are benevolent. And maybe they're just kind of, you know, waiting around for us to be ready to experience this, this reality, this fact. The fact is we've never found a missing link, right? So there's no, there's no link between the ape and the Neanderthal. The, it, it just it doesn't, doesn't exist. It's not like there's a, a, an ape and then an ape who's a little more upright and then an ape with this. And we haven't found any... So it very well could be that alien sperm came down and impregnated an ape and made a human being. So they're they're checking out the results of their work. Or maybe they're waiting around for us to destroy ourselves and they're going to take a handful of select human beings on their ships off to see them in Alpha Centauri. Who knows? I'm in. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Next. Hey guys. What's the meaning of life? What is the meaning to have a family, to have friends, if one day we will die? What is the meaning of existence, you know, knowing that we have a due date, like the yogurt, right? What is the meaning to try to build something good or something bad if we will, at the end of the day, will die? And sometimes even we won't be even history for anybody. Thank you. And he's like, thank you. What is the meaning of life? I mean, well, look. Well, there's an existential despair behind that question. Yeah. Because right? he's, no, he's I, got a I, supposition. I what is the meaning of life if we just are going to die and it's all going to come to naught? Yeah. Right? No, no. So, I, I sense that. I have an idea of what I would say the meaning of life is. I think Rain would have uh, an idea, I guess. And, and, and I will freely admit that my answer has changed, you know, throughout uh, my years. Um, and, and this one actually does have to do with kind of, if we're all going to die, then what's the point as, uh, a lot of my, uh, my fans or listeners to metaphysical milkshake know I have like something like what, 30, 37 kids. Um, yep. and you know, I really do feel, and I know fathers always say this, parents always say this. I really do see my legacy in my kids. And I don't mean that in a, in an unhealthy way. Like I'm not like, you know, be like me. Uh, cause that's the last thing I want them to be like, but I do see like, I, I have a 
conscious sense that I am forming future humans, right? That the experiences that I give them, the way that I show them love, the way that I show them how to treat, you know, uh, a woman by the way that I treat my wife around them, the way that I teach them about how the world works and what to do about it when it doesn't work. Uh, it's not just kind of theoretical, you know, it, it really is to me a concrete experience that, oh, this is what I was made to do, that m my sort of primary job as a human being is to equip these other human beings to be stronger, better, uh, fuller than I am. Your meaning of life is in is in being a parent. Yeah, honestly, I, I, and and I get it. Not everybody gets that. I get that. This is an existential question because the existentialists would say you create your own meaning, and for they would say we don't know that there's any afterlife. We assume that there's not any afterlife, and this guy Reza Aslan gets his meaning and purpose from parenting his children. Other people might get it from gardening. Other people might get it from serving the poor. Other people might get it from making a lot of money and having a lot of success and status, you know, but whatever, whatever floats you boat, your boat. So, you know, if you're going to assume there's nothing at the end, then I think the only course of action is to find as much meaning uh, moment by moment as we pass through this incredibly fragile and precious life. Um, and, and that's, that can be the only meaning. Now, I view it, like I stated before, that there's, we start in the womb plane and then we're here in the material world plane walking around and then there's some other plane afterwards. So it's our souls and the journey of our souls, which is eternal beyond time and space and incredibly mysterious and beautiful. And that the meaning of life has to do with the development of this soul journey, whatever that means for you. But you know, that assumes that there's something is going to happen. It's not lights out when we die. You know, uh, we actually have a guest uh, this season's uh, Metaphysical Milkshake that we talked to, uh, Krista Tippett, uh, about sort of what is wisdom? What does wisdom mean? And she had said something that I think kind of works in this moment, which is she's talking about, you know, the definition of wisdom, but I think it it works just as well uh, in talking about what is, you know, the purpose of this, what is the meaning of life, which is to create an impact in those around you, right? So maybe the impact is upon the world. So, some, some people get to do that, right? There are people who get to really impact, you know, the planet, impact millions of people, um, but it doesn't have to be millions of people, right? It can be your children. It can be your friends. It can be your community. Uh, so I think that's the, that's to the question of like, why, if we're all just going to die anyway and be forgotten about, then what is the point? I would say the point is to leave that imprint, right? On one person at least, or on as many people as you can leave that imprint. Because to your question of, you know, uh, do you, you know, what if you don't believe in an afterlife and all that stuff? Well, this is, my children are my afterlife. Oh, that's a good, that's a good one. Little mini uh, Reza Aslan souls continuing <laughs> yeah. on propagating the seed and knowing how fertile yeah. you are 
there's probably the future of the earth is a bunch of Aslans. The, their existence is uh, proof of my ex- my existence. Why is there anything at all? I love this question. Oh, that's fantastic. It's a, it's a real question. There's no reason why there should be anything. There re- isn't. Buddhists will tell you, well, there isn't anything. Everything is an illusion. It's all sunyata. Everything is the void. Nothing exists. Science will tell you that, well, when you get to the molecular level, there are sort of, you know, individual atoms and then the building blocks of those atoms, but pretty much, you know, whatever, 90-something percent of existence is empty space, right? It doesn't actually exist. Yeah, why is there something instead of nothing? Uh, I am obsessed with this question. I'm not saying I have an answer for it. I'm just saying, Alexander, this will be a topic of metaphysical milkshake this season. That's a promise. Can we get Alexander as a guest? <laughs> I All I want to say is I want to quote one of my favorite bands of all time, Neutral Milk Hotel, because in their song In the Airplane Over the Sea, they say how strange it is to be anything at all. And there you have it. Boom. Mic drop. Next question. Hi, my name is Kate and I'm from Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I want to know how much my leg weighs without cutting it off or without dying first. I don't think there's a way to figure out exactly how much my leg weighs. I'm almost positive this is a Dwight prank. Like season four, episode six. Yes, that is a question that Jim would ask Dwight. (laughs) Um, And Dwight would then proceed, I guess, to cut his own leg off. (laughs) And bleed out on the carpet of Dunder Mifflin. That's an episode I would pay to see. Excellent question. Moving on. Hey, friends. Uh, first of all, a, uh, I just got to say a big fan of you both. Zealot is one of my favorite books. Uh, the Leftovers, I think, is one of the most underrated shows of all time. Agreed. And of course, like many people, I love, love, love The Office. So thank you for all of your work. Um, maybe a strange question. Um from me here, but I wonder if you have any thoughts around the idea that much of what we experience in life is ambiguous. Um, I grew up in a uh, a very structured culture and, and religion in, in the LDS, the Mormon faith, if you want to call it that, um, where they have very specific answers for a lot of things. You're supposed to do very specific things in life in order to, uh, you know, to, to reach your full potential in the next but I can't help but wonder, you know, as I've gotten older, if if there is a tremendous amount of intent behind the ambiguity of life, um, that if there is a creator, that that entity uh, left so much of this life ambiguous in order to uh, force us to to really be, uh, I don't know, self-examiners, to be introspective, to uh, be seekers of truth. Uh, and so I wonder, do you feel like it is important for people to have a strong sense of purpose and, and to have a truth to adhere to? Or do you feel like maybe ambiguity sort of is part of the purpose of life? Well, wow, I feel like uh, Cody has got the point of the show. <laughs> Don't you? I mean, that is that is it. He hit the nail on the head. That's the whole point of metaphysical milkshake is to revel in the ambiguity. You know, we ask a lot of big questions of our guests, of each other. 
we we get asked a lot of questions, you know, from from our uh, listeners, and yeah, look, we try to answer them. We don't we don't avoid you know answering these tough questions, but we also recognize that maybe there isn't an answer, and that just simply the pursuit of the question is enough. To me, the enemy of of life and experiencing it to its fullest is certainty, right? What's the problem with religion? Certainty. What's the problem with fundamentalism? Certainty, right? Uh, so much of life is about the pursuit of certainty when in reality, maybe we should all be a little bit more comfortable with ambiguity, right, Rain? You know, there's way too much certainty in the world. And one of the things that Metaphysical Milkshake uh, celebrates is the ambiguity. And one of my favorite quotes of all time, uh, which was actually written by my namesake, the, the poet and philosopher Rainer Maria Rilke, um, is all about this ambiguity. And he says, be patient toward all that is unsolved in your heart and try to love the questions themselves, like locked rooms and like books that are now written in a very foreign tongue. Do not now seek the answers, which cannot be given you because you would not be able to live them. And the point is to live everything. Live the questions now. Live the questions now. Perhaps you will then gradually, without noticing it, live along some distant day into the answer. And everywhere you turn on the media, every, every podcast you turn on, it's a bunch of people with a bunch of answers and they have a bunch of certainty. And life is always more complex. It is more gray. It is more complicated than we give it credit for. And ambiguity fits right in there and goes hand in hand with living the questions. And that's what we're seeking to do. Yeah. And that's, you know, life is better that way. Live the question now. So if you're someone who uh, agrees with us, if you're someone who feels more comfortable with ambiguity than certainty, if you're someone for whom the question itself is what matters, not so much the answer have we got a podcast for you? Oh boy, and how. <laughs> so please follow us, like us, rate us, subscribe to us, Metaphysical Milkshake. Oh, oh, follow us on social. I'm at Rain Wilson. He's at Reza Aslan. And on Instagram, we're at Metaphysical Milkshake. And on Twitter, we're at Meta Milk Podcast. Send us your life's big question. Maybe you can use a hashtag metaphysical. We'll track these questions down. And we may bring some of your life's big questions into the spotlight on our show. Yeah, we already got a couple of great episode ideas uh, just from this alone. So we're going to go on this journey. Come on this journey with us. I promise you we're going to have a good time. And if anyone can figure out how to weigh their leg, please let us know. Metaphysical Milkshake is executive produced by Rain Wilson, Reza Aslan, and Colin Thompson. It's produced by Safa Samizadeh Yazd, Harris Lane, Mick Demaria, Hashem Self, and DJ Lubel. Cast Media is the production and distribution partner. It is edited by Tyler Newbold and audio mixed by Justin Kyle. Original music is composed by Jeff Tang. Do you remember when you and I met with J.J. Abrams to consult with them on the spiritual mythology of Star Wars and summarily... Not a single jot of it <laughs> was used 
in the film. You remember that experience? That was one of Do our. Do I remember it? It's that's how I start conversations. Are you kidding me? <laughs> like I like that's when I meet people. I begin with the time that I advised J.J. Abrams on the spirituality of the Force in Star Wars. I leave out the and nothing came of it part. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW, root void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.